day 192. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is John, and I want to remind you this is a podcast about the Bible, where we want to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, Isaiah chapter 64 to 66, the plane is coming in for a landing, and it is a good one, right? Throughout the book, we remember, right? 1 through 39 is primarily about judgment. Um, 40 through 66 is primarily about hope. And as we uh, come in for the landing, we're going to see a little bit of both, right? We're going to see mentions of both judgment and hope, but the hope is going to outweigh the judgment, both in proportion of time that's spent on talking about judgment and um, the quality or in the proportion of time spent on hope and in the quality of how the hope is talked about. And what I mean by that is this, when it comes to the hope, the hope is described in great um, detail and there's a great vision cast. Judgment is talked about, and it is clear there will be a judgment for those that rebel against God. But this, this is in the background. This is the backdrop against the goodness of the hope that God wants to bring out, right? God leads with this vision of restoration and this new earth because at the end of the day, your behavior will never rise above your vision, right? God is not in the habit of just giving you behaviors that you have to do, but throughout scriptures, God is constantly going to cast a vision that will draw in the appropriate behaviors, right? It's like this. I've got a four-year-old daughter right now, um, and she doesn't listen. She is beautiful. I, I mean, she is absolutely gorgeous. She's funny. She's bright. She's intelligent, but she's stubborn, and she doesn't listen. And so I would spend all of my time just trying to address her behavior her behaviors. Sweetheart, I need you to do this. Sit down here, sit down there. Uh, But instead, one of the things that I found out that worked is not even sitting down and punishing her, saying, if you don't listen, this is what's going to take place. One of the things that I did find out that helped is sitting down with her and saying, no, no, sweetheart, look, look at this future that is out there for all that listen." Sweetheart, look, there is a future of movie nights and pizza and popsicles and all of these things. And I'm giving her this vision of what it is that I want to give her. And I'm saying, sweetheart, you don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is listen and obey. And when you mess up, acknowledge that you've failed and Listen and enjoy my love. Enjoy the future that I'm trying to bring for you. This is the destiny that I want for you. You didn't have to dream it up. You didn't have to ask me about it. I want to give it to you. I'm telling you that I want to give it to you. And I'm telling you how you can take a hold of it as a sign of my love for you. 
This is what God does at the end of Isaiah chapter 64 to 66. He talks about, um, yeah, uh, destiny's children, or there are two different destinies laid out for all of the children out there. And God's saying this, um, there is both judgment for the rebellious, and at the end of the day, there is hope in a future for the repentant. And the way that God cements this, hear this, is not by uh, like riffing and meditating and exposing and expounding on the terrible judgments that await those that rebel. Instead, the bulk of these chapters are reminding us of one, God's eagerness to forgive. So in Isaiah 65, 8, God talked, uh, or, or previously in the book, God talked about his wrath would be like one who tramples grapes in a wine press, right? That it would just be messy and complete. But in Isaiah 65, 8, there's this passage where God says, but wait, there's still some fruitful grapes on the vine. There's still a remnant. And so I'm not going to completely crush them out, right? This is a picture of a God not eager to judge, but eager, even in the midst of things that are broken, to look for a remnant, to look for something uh, redeemable, right? God takes no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. Uh, just a few days ago at our crib, uh, my daughter and my wife love avocados, and they pulled one out of the fridge, and it was all like mushy and brown, and they cut it, and most of it was uh, bad, and my wife was getting ready to throw it away, but my daughter loves the avocado so much that, that she was like, no, 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 mom, can, can, can we just scoop the good part out of it? right? She didn't want to just throw away the whole thing because it went bad. She still wanted to enjoy it. And this is God's heart for his people. God doesn't just want to discard us and throw us away. God is eager to look for a remnant. And he does. God is going to find this remnant that repents. And then Isaiah 65, the rest of the time, God spent casting this vision. He's saying that he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth that'll be full of, look, rejoicing and long life and security. The enjoyment, like people are going to work and they're going to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Harmony, right? The lion's going to lay down with the lamb, right? There's not going to be, you know, predators and prey, right? There's not going to be predatory lenders and borrowers. It's this future of harmony that God wants to bring. And God is more eager to bring this by forgiving sins than people were to actually commit those sins. And this is how God is going to encourage his people to both repent and turn from their sins and to remain steadfast in their obedience. Isaiah 66 ends out with just this call. Uh, God saying, hey, there are two destinies set. And he's calling his people to be comforted by the fact that you can enjoy this goodness, this great vision. And the only requirement on the front end is 
repentance. It's saying we experience comfort at the Lord's hand by responding to his word, all of his word. When he talks about the state of our soul and how we've turned from him, even if it's hard to hear, we respond and say, yes, God, that's me. Because if we say, yes, God, that's me there, we realize that's not God's only word, right? He does talk about the rebellious state of our souls, but he also talks about the conditions of our return, repentance. He's taking care of the redemption and the price that it costs. All we have to do is to repent and say, yes, God, I agree that the way that I'm going to come back is by repenting of my sin. And if we agree with both the state of our soul, we're rebellious, we're in need of you, God. We agree with the fact that we need to repent and return than God's words about this idealized, this glorious picture of the future. We can say, I agree with that too. And I know that's my inheritance because I agree with your words, all of them. But that's not the only destiny that's outlined in the book, right? Um, Although the words of judgment have a very, very small part in proportion to the rest of it in this last part of the book. The book ends in Isaiah 66, verse 24, um, with a caution about judgment. And not because judgment is God's final word, but it ends with this word of caution to remind us that none of us should presume on the grace of God. None of us should presume that we have more time to repent than the present moment. St. Augustine said it like this, God has promised forgiveness for repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow for your procrastination. Listen, I don't know where you are right now. I don't know how well your relationship with God has been thriving. I don't know the peaks and valleys that you've been through in the past few weeks or months or years or days. But what I, while I don't know that about you, here's something I do know about the character of God. God is more eager to forgive your sin than you were to commit it. And there is comfort. There is a promise for a glorious future for all of us right now that would turn from our sins. Repent, put our trust in the Lord, ask him to change us and to shape us. And I would say if you are there right now and you are good with God, then I would say you know people in your life that aren't. And while eventually we do need to get to a place where we share our faith and tell them all these good things about God. One of the things that we can do right now, early in the morning, late at night, by yourself, wherever you are, is spend some time praying, not just for our own souls, but for theirs as well, that they would hear God calling out to them, that they would see a God 
more eager to forgive sin than he is to punish it. That is the picture of God that we see in the book of Isaiah. It's the picture of God that will not change. Let's pray. Our Father, we ask that you would give us grace as we go through the day to hear your word, to respond in faith, to be reminded that you are a God that's eager to forgive, not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Help us to enjoy the freedom of relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 